Step out of the shadows, come out of the grave, break into the wild, and don't be afraid, run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you, dance like the weight has been spaces dance like the weight has been lifted breathing while you were created graces waiting where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom there is freedom where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom there is freedom out of the dark just as you are into the fullness of his love oh the spirit is here let there be freedom let there be freedom let there be freedom
Welcome to the Christian Church of Estes Park. I'm Pastor Aaron, and we are thrilled to have you with us this morning for our worship service. It's about to begin. If you haven't done so already, now is the perfect time to go and find your seat. When you came in this morning, you should have received a bulletin. You'll also find a pen in the seat back pocket in front of you taking notes. If you forgot your Bible this morning, no problem, we've got you covered. Just pick up and use one of our Bibles that are located right by the sound booth. And if you need a Bible, keep it, our gift to you. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're thrilled to have you with us as well. Uh, please let us know you're here by filling out the online connection card at estespark.church. Now, as we prepare our hearts for worship, we want to make sure that we remove distractions. So let's also take a moment to pull out our cell phones and to put them onto silent or do not disturb. And as we do that, here are a few announcements of some of the great things that are happening this week at the church. Our church's youth group just had an amazing summer filled with friends, fun, and a whole lot of Jesus. But youth group isn't over just because summer is. After a summer of being out and about, we will be heading back to the church building for youth group's fall kickoff. On September 14th at 5.30 p.m., the youth will be meeting right here in the church building. A few days later, on September 17th, from 1 to 5 p.m., the Ravencrest students will be hosting Airsoft Wars right here at the church for any youth who wants to join. Ravencrest will be providing all the gear. All you have to do is have your parents sign a waiver and bring some water for yourself. If you want to sign up or would like more information about this event, talk to Jimmy Cole or write Airsoft on the back of your connection card. Do you know someone who needs the gospel or needs a place to call their church home? Well, we've got some exciting news. Back to Church Sunday is next Sunday, and we are launching a new two-week series called Homecoming on that day. During this series, we'll be seeing how God has invited us to be a part of His family and that this is truly where everyone belongs. So, we want to use this specific Sunday to invite those who need the gospel or need a church family to come home and be a part of what God is doing here at CCEP. In your bulletin, you have received a homecoming ticket that looks like this to share with a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, or even a stranger as a means to invite them to come home. So ask God to give you the name of the person he wants you to invite to Back to Church Sunday and use the homecoming ticket to invite them to join us on September 18th. The annual chili cook-off is back. At 12.30 p.m. next Sunday, we are heading up Pole Hill Road to the Ravencrest Chalet to face off in an epic battle of beans, meats, and spices. Last year, we had an awesome showing of over 20 different chilies, each of them more delicious than the last. So. Head to the store and grab the ingredients for your best pot of chili to share, and we'll see you after church next week at the Ravencrest Chalet. Well, good morning, church. What a beautiful group we have. 
Thank you guys for being here this morning. Um, before we start worship, I'm going to try something that uh, Pastor Jesse has done in the past that I really liked starting worship with. Um, so if y'all wouldn't mind standing, you can place one hand over your heart and one hand open or both hands open um, and close your eyes. I just want you to think of the weight of your week, to think of anything that um, might have bothered you, a conversation at work, <clears throat> somebody cutting you off and upsetting you, um, anything this week that might have weighed heavy on your heart. Um, and I want you to just be with the Lord right now and give it to God. Surrender our week to him and just be here for a moment. Prepare our hearts for worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit guides us to sanctification, uh, guides us in every way, Lord, and also lets us know that your presence is always with us. Father, I thank you so much that everywhere we go, you are there. Even when we're not seeking you out, Lord, you seek us. And um, Lord, that is just so beautiful. God, you are so loving and faithful and kind. You persistently pursue us, Lord. So Lord, this morning I just pray that our worship is just a beautiful noise to you. God, that our hearts are set on you and nothing else. Not the weight of our week, but just on glorifying your holy name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us worship, church.
fill this place with your spirit. May you fill every heart in this place. And Father, as we come together to worship you, help us to worship you as family, as your children. Let not even one of us sit dwelling, thinking
scripture to go with our worship today, and it is from the book of Revelation. And it says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and every tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Isn't that beautiful, that our salvation comes from Jesus and his love, his great love for us?
God is the author of salvation. He is the one who saves us because he is the one who conquered death. He conquered the grave. And in spite of all of the amazing things that he has done, all of the glory and honor that he has, he looks to us with love and with joy because each and every one of us is loved deeply and intimately by our author of salvation. And so whether you lift your prayers today in your heart or speak them aloud, let us all go before the throne of our amazing God. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with spirits of worship, giving you praise, recognizing that you are the one who conquered death, who conquered the grave, and you are the one who has given us a second chance. We ask that you hear us this morning, Lord, as we lift these prayers up. Fill this place with your spirit so that we may fully enjoy who you are in this time, in this moment. this morning. Let us pray for unity in the church. Not just this church. Not just the church in the Estes Valley. Not just the church in the United States, but the church in the world. Let us pray that we will be of one mind and of one spirit with our brothers and sisters. Just as our God is of one mind and one spirit with himself. Let us pray for the whole 
to guide us in the works that he calls us to. That not only we would be unified as the church worldwide, but that we'd be unified with the goal of Christ to save this world. pray for five to invite. Let us pray beyond unity in the church worldwide, beyond going out and doing the work the Spirit guides us to. Let us pray for the people in our lives that we know who do not know Christ yet. Let us pray for five of them, five people to invite, to bring back the church with us. so with more than just praise. We do so humbly, recognizing that yours is the power, the glory, and the honor, not ours. We ask, Lord, more than that you hear the prayers that we have this morning, but that you would fill our minds and our hearts with your spirit, to tune our will to yours, so that even as we pray, not pray of our own selfish desires, of our own individual will, that we would pray in line with what you desire, with what you have willed for this world. We ask this so that even as we pray, we will be able to endure with patience whatever answer you give us for our prayers this morning. In your name, for your glory and your honor, we pray this. enter into communion and the trays are passed around, uh, feel free to grab one of the juice and one of the bread as you feel led, but hold on to it and we'll take this together as a body at the end of the meditation. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 8, we read this, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work your fingers, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them the rulers over the works of your hands. You have put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, 
How majestic is your name in all the earth. As we prepare to take the communion together, let us ponder what that means in light of the sacrifice that God gave for us. That he had all of this majesty and he chose to shed it, to come to earth as a man, to sacrifice himself for our salvation. That God himself would do this for us. Let us take a moment to ponder this fact as we prepare to take communion. took that bread and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now together as one body in Christ, remembering the glory that he shed on our behalf, let us take this bread together. same way Jesus took the wine and he blessed it he gave it to his disciples and he said this is my blood which is poured out for you as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me and so now together as one body in Christ with all authority that he has given us under heaven let us take this juice together Father, as we take the communion this morning, help us to remember its significance. That you, in all of your glory and honor, chose to be like us, to give us a chance at salvation, a beautiful and wonderful gift beyond anything that we deserve. We thank you for this, Lord. But we ask that you remind us of this every moment of every day. So that as we go from this place, as we hear Aaron's message, we remember that all of our power, all of our authority comes from you. Because you in your infinite glory have given it to us as undeserving as we are. Help us to remember this so that at all times, in all ways, we might speak the gospel whether by word or by action, and shine that light into this world so that all people might look to you to join your kingdom and be saved. We pray this in your most holy and powerful name. Welcome to the Christian Church of Estes Park. Whether you are attending in person or connecting online, it is great to have you worshiping with us today. If you are a guest, we are so glad that you're here and have a special gift for you. It is a book called Unshakable. If you have not received your copy already, please stop by the Welcome Center after the service. This week, we will be in our series, Go! Living Out the Great Commission. 
Our church is built on the fundamental belief that we have been called by Jesus to be disciples that build disciples. And Pastor Aaron will be showing us each week what that looks like on a local, national, and international level. If you're ready to be the missionary God has called you to be, whether that is right here in Estes Park or somewhere around the globe, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, let's talk about the green connection card in your bulletin. If you are online, you can go to our website, estespark.church, and click the yellow connection card button on the homepage. Once you have your card, please fill out your name and current contact information. One of the primary reasons we ask you to complete the connection card is because we believe that God has a reason for having you here today. By filling out the card, you're letting God know that you're prepared to take some next steps as the service progresses, and it allows us to pray for you and support you as you take those steps. Pastor Aaron will share more about that at the end of today's message, so hang on to your connection card and drop those off in the offering baskets at the end of the service. Inside your bulletin, you'll also find an offering envelope. If you came prepared to give today, please place it in the offering basket along with your connection card. If you're online, go ahead and click that Give button on our website. With all that said, let's turn our attention to the Word of the Lord and get into the message. That was an introduction. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Church of Estes Park. We're disciples of Jesus to build generational, transformational disciples of Jesus. Today we really talk about that. Uh, how do we go out and do that as part of uh, God's people? Uh, this is the third and final week of our Go series as we've been looking at our mission and our call to mission that God has given us. And uh, we started a few weeks ago. We went to the park uh, and as we talked about going to our community and making sure that we start out by going in prayer. Uh, we want to make sure that we're praying for our families, our neighbors, our our community, uh, that God opens those doors. He also prepares our hearts to be the witnesses He's asked us to be. And then last week, we talked about then, as we go with, with God in prayer, with His Spirit, with His presence and His power, we also go as a blessing that uh, we're supposed to be salt and light, that, uh, you know, that we have good news, <laughs> that God loves us, that we don't just have a second chance, that Jesus gives us a second assurance, a better assurance, one that uh, the first assurance was our own condemnation because we knew we were sinners and broken, but we have a better one, that we have been saved by God's grace through faith uh, because God loves us and uh, that we didn't have to earn it, and yet he loves us so much that he came to save us. What a great thing is that. Now today, we continue that as uh, God expands us not just to go and to be uh, praying for our community and reaching our community and blessing our nation, but uh, we, we want to be able to go to the entire earth and uh, see the gospel uh, grow everywhere. And, uh, but first, our memory verse, where all of this really comes from, Acts 1.8, uh, hopefully by now it's something that is familiar to you, but if not, it's okay, we can say it once again. And then uh, we'll get into, this is going to be our, our text for today as well, so let's just set this into our hearts and mind to say it with me. Three, two, one. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1 
8. That's a powerful passage. It's an important passage for us as Christians, right? It's where Jesus gives us the strategy to carry out the great commission that he gave us. So in this, of course, we find that we are called to go uh, locally, regionally, nationally, and of course today globally, that our vision has got to be bigger than uh, just what we can see and those whom are just like us. So Jerusalem, of course, go to Jerusalem. That was their kind of hometown, the starting area. Uh, Judea, Samaria, that's regionally, nationally today, uh, going on even beyond that. So we find in this passage is not just that we have to go in prayer and into our community, go and bless our nation, but, but that we're supposed to go boldly into the world, boldly. And that's really the, the thing, that we're not supposed to be timid about this, that we are bringing God's kingdom to human, humankind. And so the, the uh, disciples, when they received this portion of Acts 1-8, they were thinking very nationalistically, right? They were thinking, they asked Jesus uh, first, they said, uh, you know, are you going to now restore the kingdom, <laughs> right, to Israel, right? Are you, are you going to finally do this nationalistic thing? Right? They were thinking about themselves, they're thinking about their own nation, all this. And Jesus expands it and said, no, we're going to go a lot bigger. Right? So it, it's beyond this expectation of uh, even what the apostles were thinking of. Right? That God expands our heart and mind to something much bigger. Not just to go to the known, not just our community and to our nation and to people who are like us and who see things like us. But he calls us to go to the unknown, to those who are far off geographically, absolutely. But also, and I think more profoundly, those who are far away, culturally and spiritually. Because right? the first time you, you, you see that Jesus gives this, it's, it's easy for us to think, well, maybe he was just talking about the Jews and the diaspora, right? Who were, who were cast away, who were all over the world, right? Who were living in Greece and who were, who were living in Rome and who were living in all these other places. And maybe Jesus was saying, hey, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, all the Jews that are there, and then to the ends of the earth, and you're only going to them. And, and that the God's kingdom wasn't open to everybody. And yet... I'm so grateful to find that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he explained that this was not at all the case. In Matthew 28, he says, this is the Great Commission where Jesus kind of tells us we're supposed to go this. He says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded, right? Now, in that thing, there's, he says, go to all nations. And the word that he used that was translated there, all nations, is the word ethnos. That sounds familiar. Right? It, it meant to all the peoples, all kinds of peoples, specifically. In fact, uh, if, if, and if, if some people have thought, well, the church then is for everybody but the Jews, the ethnos, but that's not true because the ethnikos was for the Gentiles. That was the, the word the Jew, that was used for all the people that were, that were Gentile and not Jewish, but didn't say that. He didn't say go to all the people that are not Jews. He said to go to all the people, everybody. Jews and Gentiles and, and old people and young people and men and women and rich people and poor people and, and slaves and, and owners and all kinds of people. When we get the Great Commission, it's not just go to different nations. It's not just to go to people who are far away. It's, not just to, it's also to go to all the kinds of people that there are. And that's amazing because that shows us that our God is much bigger and has a, a, a much bigger vision and heart and, and character than any human or anybody else we've has ever lived. Uh, it's, it's, for me, it is astounding. But also, that is a really hard thing to do. 
I mean, there's one thing to be able to go to people maybe who live in Cincinnati who think like me and talk like me, and, and we have a lot of, of similarities, but to go across the street to reach out to somebody who doesn't see the world the way that I do, maybe has a different language, has different values, has different backgrounds, has different culture, that's really hard, isn't it? And yet the gospel tells us to go, Christ tells us to go to all the peoples. So what's our strategy? How do we do that? Again, Acts 1, we're going to be in there today. When we went in there a couple weeks ago, we looked at his strategy. We looked, we're supposed to go with his power, right? We're supposed to go with his spirit. We're supposed to go with his purposes. Now today, as we go back into that, we're going to look at how would we go to reach all the different peoples? How do we go and do this, right? And so again, remember that that uh, they asked the question, if you're in Acts 1, you're going to see that disciples are asking this question right before Jesus gives them the answer. They say, are you going to restore the kingdom now to the nation of Israel, right? Are you going to now finally do that? Are you going to be the nationalistic Messiah we thought you to be? And this is what Jesus says. Not for you to know the, the times or the dates, right? The Father set by his own authority, but he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One thing I want you to notice there, and you can even circle this in the Bible, that he says, you will, not you might. You will. There is a certainty that God has in this, which to me gives me a lot of confidence because I know that it's kind of scary and it's hard and I feel very unprepared to be his witness anywhere, right? Much less. I'll be his witness in Jerusalem. Okay, maybe, but Judea and, and Samaria, kind of scary, but to the ends of the earth, but Jesus doesn't have a question about it. You will. Not you might, not you could. And notice this. There's a lot of you will. You're going to receive power. Right? That's something that's not a question. That has nothing to do with you or your ability or your right or, or your, how you deserving you are. This has everything to do with God. So you will receive his power. That's, that's not a question. Right? And you're going to receive his uh, ability that you will then be his witness. And you're going to be his witness all over the world. And have we seen that prediction to be true? Absolutely. Which means when we look at this, that we, we will have all of those things, well, one of the things we find in our strategy and one of the things we find that Jesus is calling us to is that we have to go boldly into the unknown. Right? That we're going to receive his power and we're going to be his witness in places that we've never been. And that's the part of missions that's a little scary. Right? I mean, it's... It's easy to go to people who we naturally have affinity to. We understand the culture. We don't make mistakes. We know what's going But to go into the unknown is, by definition, a little anxiety-producing. And yet, we will go there to the ends of the earth. And this means that the gospel will be brought to and will confront people of different cultures and different languages and different worldviews and all kinds of different things. You know what? The gospel is going to go all kinds of different places, but you know something that's really cool? It's the same gospel. It's the same message. It's the same power of God, same Holy Spirit, right? We get to be witnesses of what God has done in our lives. And the power is not so much in our eloquence, it's not in our own abilities, it's not anything else. That God is, the power of the gospel comes through what God has done. And we just get to testify for what he has done. And that reaches human hearts. See, going to the unknown requires bravery. It requires us to take a step of faith, right? And so 
one of the things that we do as disciples to grow in that, that helps us as a church and as disciples to, to recognize that, yes, uh, we need to bring the gospel to all peoples, is, is we take short-term missions trips and support short-term missions trips. Why well, A lot of times we send youth on trips this way, right? To give them an understanding that the gospel is bigger than their culture, bigger than their little church, bigger than those things that we can go and, and see folks who are, who are not like us and yet recognize they're absolutely like us. People that are in need of a Savior. And we bring the gospel to other people, other places, and we get to see the reality that, that Christ is just as powerful everywhere as he is here, right? And because of that, uh, our church actually has gone on a lot of short-term missions trips in the past. We took a little hiatus. Uh, you know, there was this thing called the pandemic. I don't know if you've heard of it, right? But that's behind us. And so uh, I asked Pastor Jesse. He's got a real heart for, for missions. And so I uh, asked him, I said, I'd like you to put together a missions trip for us, a short-term trip for the church to be able to go on, to be able to part, be a part of that. And so he partnered with his, the church that he served in, in uh, California. They had already been going on this trip, uh, a missions trip in, uh, down in Mexico, and they have a really good relationship with the church down there. And so recently, our church sent a, uh, a kind of a, a scout team to go out there and to take a look at, see what the work was and all that. So what I have is two of those members from that, Anna and Jim, I would like to come and just share a little about what we saw in Mexico and what we're going to be doing as we go there on our next short-term mission trip next year. You're welcome. Hi, um, you'll have to forgive me. Um, I was asked to do this in three to five minutes, and there was just so much amazing goodness on this trip. It was a little bit of a challenge to cram it all into three to five. So I'm going to talk kind of quickly. Um, Tijuana totally started a fire in my soul for missions, and I will never be the same, and that's a good thing. Our first picture that we have is... Oh, where's the clicker? Oh. <laughs> Um, this is just an example of the houses and the environment in Tijuana. We saw a lot of houses that were just kind of thrown together. Um, there were a lot of th like tires and tarps on roofs, um, even some camp type houses with whatever people could find to build a shelter from the hot sun. Spending time in Tijuana will change your heart. It will make you grateful for everything that God has provided you with already, and that will be plenty enough in comparison. And the next photo is, oh, <laughs> meet Pastor Roberto and Betty. They are so faithful to the Lord. They are so selfless, kind, caring, and joyful. Even though they struggle themselves, they always put others first, be it their church family or even a stranger on the street. For example, one day a man approached Berto. He asked for some food, and Berto replied, I am so sorry, I don't have any food, not even for myself. But what I do have, I will share with you. And he shared the love of Jesus Christ and shared the gospel with the man that day. And if my memory serves me correct, I believe he got saved that day. He accepted Christ. Um, they take in refugees from Guatemala and give them a safe place to stay and live, a bed to sleep in, what food they have they share with them, what clothes they have they share. They also have a refugee house that needs a little bit of help because it was robbed pretty much of just about everything they had. 
Um, they truly, Roberto and, Bar- and Betty, truly show God's love. Um, they're such a beautiful example of who Jesus is. Um, they have been through so much, even losing their young daughter, who, while she was sick in the hospital with cancer, I believe, um, shared the good news with all of her doctors and nurses. When it came almost time for her to go home to the Lord, they offered her to go home and pass in the comfort of her own home. And she responded, this is the Lord's plan. This is where the Lord wants me to be. She was, um, I believe, 11. Sharing his message and love. Her life was such a beautiful example of faithfulness, and so are Berto and Betty's. Berto was recently so exhausted while crossing the border to go to his second job that he fell asleep at the wheel. They are in desperate need of leaders, ministries, rest, and something fun for them would be a huge blessing. Um, The next picture is going to be of the team in the sanctuary. This is where we worshipped. We got to hear Roberto preach and had family meals prepared by the church. It was really amazing. They welcomed us like we were family, and the fellowship that we had was something that I will never forget. The sanctuary also needs a little bit of work, which Jim will tell you a little more about. Um, We want to be able to provide sustainable help for this church, not just go and fix the construction that needs to be fixed and leave, but sustainable help for them. Um, Set them up for success with ministry teams and leaders to help take some of the work off of Berto and Betty. The ministries that we would like to start this trip are getting them set up with a vocational Bible school or children's ministry. The kids there will melt your heart. Betty has a women's ministry that we would like to add to by maybe blessing them with some uh, crafting projects like prayer quilts and pillow dresses that they can sell to raise money or help them get their kitchen ready to set up to serve the community better. They really need a men's ministry to bring folks to the church and create discipleship. In Mexican culture, the men are the ones who bring their families to the church, so this is a big one. And also, the next photo is sports ministry. And here is Jesse and Benny uh, playing some basketball. Sports is a great way to keep kids out of trouble and a wonderful opportunity for evangelism. Even if you can't physically come on the trip to Tijuana, there are plenty of ways to participate in the missions trip from right here in Estes Park. We have a meeting October 9th at 9.30 in between services um, with more details on our trip. And here's Jim Hawker to share a little more with you guys about the construction end of things. All right, just real quickly, if your juices get flowing doing construction projects, we've got quite a few of them there to do. The... uh, Come on, here. Oh, we missed oh, yeah, that. that was us. <laughs> that was the fellowship. <laughs> here we go. Check this out. This is the third floor. This is where some of the refugees stay. Uh, there are no doors. If you go through the door openings and go about five feet, you take a header off of a two-story uh, platform there onto a concrete below. So they could use some handrails and things. And then on the inside of the building, uh, they need a lot of lot of drywalling so if you're into drywalling painting finishing and things like that this is something that we're going to do this will give you an idea here in the next picture of what the courtyard looks like from up on the third floor there's a courtyard and then to the right kind of a gymnasium looking thing that's the sanctuary sanctuary got a lot of water damage so we're going to need to go in or somebody's going to go need to go in and do 
flooring, um, ceiling work, you know, ceiling tiles, kind of like, kind of like up here, a lot of electrical work. There's a whole lot to do, so we're probably going to have a trip with some people who want to do this sort of thing sometime this winter or maybe over spring break so we can get a jump start on this. And if you're interested in doing that, you can see me. Again, on the 9th, we're going to have our meeting where we can just give you some information, have a meeting after first service and after the second service. And this is maybe a bridge too far. This is the refugee house. So that could be something to do another day. So anyway, I hope to see a lot of you there on the 9th. And we'll turn it back to the pastor. Wow, well, thank you guys for, uh, for that. We're real excited about uh, what God will be doing. And you know, as we see this mission, there's uh, a great way of partnering with a, another uh, uh, believer in, in Mexico and, and to be able to connect with them. But uh, something else we find is, is that uh, when we go on these missions like that, it, it helps us grow as believers. It's, one of the, it's a, an amazing thing. So we want to be a blessing to them and help that church grow, but it's also really encourage, helpful for, the, for us in our development. Um, I was terrified about missions uh, until I went on a mission trip. In fact, my first mission trip I went on, I led. It was here at the church. We went down to, uh, uh, to Juarez to build houses, which one, I'm, I had no business building a house. Two, I, didn't, I don't speak Spanish. And I, three, I'd never been on a mission trip, and, but I was newly hired at the church. And, and so I was told, you're going to go and lead this mission trip, which I, I didn't. Luckily, there were other people on the trip who actually led it. Uh, I was a figurative leader on that. And I was terrified. When I went there, though, I got to see what we were talking about, that the gospel is a powerful thing, and we got to see uh, God at work in so many ways, and it expanded my faith in an enormous way. So if you have the ability, or if you've never, never been on a missions trip, consider this as a way of maybe going and just contributing what you have. It's amazing what God does to grow your spirit as you also support believers there. And as we go, notice this, that we have to go with the gospel, Right? We're not going to build buildings. We're not ultimately going to, to just, you know, have a, a camp or something like this, right? That the reason that we, we go boldly into the world is not to make more people like us. The reason we go boldly into the world is to bring Christ to the nations. We want to bring the gospel to everyone. That's what Jesus said. He said uh, in, in Acts 1.8, what did he say? That you're going to be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. That's that's the focus of the church. It's the focus of the mission. And so when we go to Mexico or we go anywhere else in the world or if we do any type of missionary work, even if it's going across the street, the focus is should never be us. It's not about our church. It's not about our culture. It's not about making people like me. It's a helping people understand who Jesus is, telling people about Christ. right? And we open doors to do that. Sometimes we have a sports ministry and it strikes up a conversation. Or we help out a church so they're able to, to be able to share the gospel with the people in their community. But the point that we're making there is we want people to find out who Jesus is because only Jesus can save. He's the only one. So uh, when we tell people about him everywhere, then we, uh, we help them then to learn how to follow Christ. Right? That's what Jesus said in, in Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission. Going to go to all the nations making disciples, and so we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then we teach them to obey everything Christ commanded. There is a way of, of the kingdom that we do get to reach people with, and it's a better way of life. It's actually the real way of life, but first we have to introduce them 
to Christ, and we give them the gospel. And do you know the gospel just means good news? It really is good news for everybody. So as we go, we focus on the gospel. And as we go to with that, and we're witnesses of Christ, then the other thing that we have to do is we have to go boldly together as Christ's body, right? In that passage there, it says that you, uh, right, you will be uh, uh, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, right? You know that word you is, is not singular, but it's plural, right? That, that every time that we find the gospel is talking about us going not as just individuals, but, but we're sent out as God's people. And that thought is really developed throughout the rest of the New Testament as we're, we're talking about as we are, uh, we're going with God's Holy Spirit and, and we're going in His power, but we're also going at His church that, that we're called His body. In a lot of places in Scripture, in fact, I think the Apostle Paul makes the best use of it where he describes us. He says, listen, we're, we're meant to be together. We're better together. We're, we were designed by God to work together to, be, to continue the work of Christ in this world. We are the body of Christ, right? In fact, in Romans 12, he says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And that's important for us to realize that God has formed a, he handcrafted us individually to fit together as his masterpiece, as his body to go into this world. So you heard, you know, uh, Jim and Anna, they both focused on different portions of like a missions trip, right? Like Jim's really good at his hand, with his hands and building really great things, you know, and Anna's very relational. And, you know, you're going to have your own giftings that God has made you as, you know, as he's designed you. Missionaries don't have to pretend or act like they're somebody else. We go as, as God designed us, but we go together, realizing that God made the body <laughs> to work together. And in fact, even in this passage, it says that if, if you're good at teaching, teach. If you're good at preaching, preach. If you're good at, at, at generosity, then give. If you're good at praying, pray, right? Whatever you're good at, what God designed you to do, bring that to God, right? But bring it together. That missions are not supposed to be an individual that I'm just going out on my own. I'm going out as an emissary of Christ, as part of his body, as part of the church. And that also really is helpful because you know that we don't want to bring somebody to faith and have them born again and then not have a church family. God doesn't make orphans or illegitimate children. But as we go as the body of Christ, as, as the community of Christ begins to grow, as people come from death to life, as they're born again, there's a family of faith that is in, they're able to be introduced into. And, and you weren't equipped by God to do everything, right? You're not able to, to bring his, his work to the nations, but you can do your part, right? And what's true about uh, us as individuals is also true about, I think, churches. God is, our church is unique. We're, we're awesome, right? But there's other churches in Essex Valley, and there's other churches throughout even our own nation. Each one God has crafted to do our part, and as we do our part, God's ministry, his, his mission is being fulfilled. We are being his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And that's just not like poetic language. I mean, that's actually happening literally. You know, our church, there are some ways that we go out as short-term missionaries, but we also, part of that is we are supporters. We're partners with other missionaries who are all over the globe from Estes Park and beyond. And so that's one of the things that we get to do as, as how God has crafted us as a church and created us. We get to be partners with others as they continue the gospel as well.
And these are some of the missionaries that we support as a church, uh, partner with. The first one is even here in town. Crossroads Ministry started in the 80s after the Lawn Lake flood. Um, they've been around for, for a good long, what, 40 years now, actually, um, right here in Estes Park. Our own Brandy Key has been a board member for a very long time on that. We have a lot of members of our church that support them. Oh, and uh, so we support uh, the Crossroads Ministry and all the good things that they do there. Next one that we have, oh, boy, this is going to be giving me a hard time today. Terry and Trudy and Tia Thompson from Interface Mission. Are you guys playing with me? Back there. So Terry, Trudy, Thompson, they work at uh, Golden at the School of Mines. Uh, and so what they do is uh, they work with the ministry that uh, they've been there for a long time is they show biblical hospitality to all these international students that are coming from all over the world to the School of Mines. And uh, they're, they're really showing them Christ's love in an enormous and in a powerful way. And so we get to partner with them. We do like the garage giveaways. We do all that kind of stuff. They bring their students up here occasionally. We go hiking and camping and, and they do all kinds of fun things. But they have an amazing ministry. Um, instead of bringing the gospel to the, to the nations, God brought the nations to them. And, and that's a pretty amazing thing. The next thing is Camp Como. Uh, that's a Colorado Christian service camp. It's uh, been around for a very long time. We've been a partner with them. Um, a lot of lives are changed through Christian camping, and uh, we think a, a number of a large number of people have accepted Christ at Christian camps, but also a lot of people have received their calling into ministry and into missions at camps. So uh, we support uh, uh, Camp Como, and, and uh, they do all kinds of cool things, summer camps, snow camps for high school, middle schoolers, children, as well as they call the young at heart, which are People in the prime time of life want to go up and, and celebrate some of their things. Just great, uh, great camping. Another uh, camp that we support, actually missionaries, are Kevin and Jennifer Domes. Uh, they work with uh, Beth Bethel Bible Conference or camp on Wellfeet, Nebraska. Uh, they're part of a missionaries group that's called, I think it's um, Interface, or uh, which is a local, or it's like missionaries for the United States, basically. And so we support them as missionaries to Nebraska, and so it's a, it's a small little camp, that, right, and uh, they're bringing the gospel to youth that are there every single year, um, as we talk about, they do their camps as these youth are, are making decisions for Christ and then growing them, it's an amazing thing, uh, and we go beyond that uh, into Indiana, we support International Disaster Emergency Services, also known as IDES, it's kind of like the Christian version of the Red Cross, but uh, well, how IDES works is really unique, they... Uh, when there's a disaster, they go to the church, and then they work through the church, and they help the church then connect with Samaritan's Purse and Red's Cross and, and uh, FEMA and all those things. In fact, uh, IDES came and helped our church when we had our massive flood, and they gave us not just the ability to get our road fixed and all that, but they gave us truckloads of food and tools and training and, and grants and all those things. And because of the model of what they do, it doesn't just build a community, but by the time that the, the long-term work is done, they've also built the church, right? They're, they're helping uh, promote the gospel. It's just a phenomenal organization, uh, and we're super happy to partner with them. Outside of there, oops, we also have Andrew and Joy Mativier, uh, who are with Teach Beyond, and uh, they are stationed right now in Florida. Uh, they were in Costa Rica, and the uh, pandemic-y thing happened, all that. So they moved to Florida. And, uh, and uh, Andrew, what he does is he is a counselor and for missionaries because a lot of times missionaries go on the field and they get wounded, they get tired, they, and there's a lot of burnout for missionaries. And instead of just leaving God's workers to hurt and to leave, 
they care for them and they make sure that they're equipped and they're, and they're supported so that way they can stay on the missions field doing the good work that God called them to do. It's just awesome, awesome work what they're, they're doing there. Internationally, we have a couple of missionaries that we also support. Uh, the first one's the Good Shepherd School, uh, part of the Dignity Freedom Network uh, in Mir Khanum, India. It's a school that uh, churches in Estes Park, we got together in this little uh, city in, in India that uh, there were a lot of folks that were part of the Dalit people, which are a, in Hinduism, they're considered subhuman. They, they can technically, legally go to the government schools, but they're treated horribly. They're not given textbooks. They're, um, they're just treated awful. So we built a school for them. And uh, our Estes Park supports it. Like our churches here support the students. We support the teachers. We pay for uh, all of that and uh, built the, the school up, and we're trying to add another level on there so it can become a secondary school so that way students can start and go from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade and get a great education. Um, and it's, a, it's an amazing school uh, that we're part of. Uh, it's, we call it the Good Shepherd School because there's a church there that kind of an umbrella for those things which allows us to continue to support it because the Indian government has become, it's really hard to get funds Christians into India, and God took care of us in advance. <laughs> and so as we work with Dignity Freedom Network, we partner with the, with the church that's already there building these schools. And so even though our resources all go to that one school, it goes through the Good Shepherd Schools, uh, part of that uh, church that's in India. It's amazing work that's happening there. Also, in Africa, we have Henry Katantoka, who is, works down there in Zambia. Uh, he has been working with IMD International for years, although it sounds like there might be some change up as to how they're supporting him. Uh, but we as a church have been uh, supporting them for a long time, and we support Henry. Uh, he goes and trains the pastors to in the villages so that they can then care for their people. And so he's uh, on that end of raising up leaders. And a lot of the pastors that are there don't have any type of literature, Bibles or anything else. And so he brings them in and equips them so they biblically <laughs> are trained so that they can go back and help raise up disciples even uh, throughout Africa. It's an amazing work that he does. And talk about a godly man, just, uh, just an amazing individual. And beyond that, then we go to uh, Christian World Outreach. In the past, there was some missionaries that uh, Bill and Marcy Hoover that our church had a connection with, and we supported them uh, because of changes uh, there in Zam uh, where they were at. They weren't able to continue to do their work because they weren't. Um, they, the government decided that they didn't want internationals doing a lot of that work, so they had to move out. But they started a basically an orphanage for these young men. Um, who were living on the streets, and so they got them a library, and they got them education, and they got them training, and they gave them a place to have safe meal and a different identity, and so that ministry is going on, and so we've supported them, um, and that's just been a, a, just a phenomenal ministry um, that it continues on. Even after they've started, they've, Bill and Marcy Hoover planted it, built it, now they've moved away, and now some of the locals are stepping up and providing some leadership there. It's just awesome stuff what's happening there. And lastly, we have uh, um, Valak and, and Luba Sini. Hey, that picture's too big. Uh, they're in, uh, in TCI. Uh, they are, um, TCI is Trubisky Christian Institute. It's the first and only uh, accredited Bible training or theological training uh, school in Ukraine that's not uh, Eastern Orthodox or Russian Orthodox. It's pretty amazing. Uh, they've worked really hard at that. They're celebrating 25 years this year. They were located in Kherson, Ukraine, which most people didn't know where it was until a little while ago. 
the Russians came and stole their land from them, and then recently the Ukrainians, in a counter-assault, shelled their property, which ruined two of their buildings that's on there. And uh, so that really, of course, hindered their, their ability to have a college. But what they did is they moved uh, to franco ivanovsk which is a, um, a city that's on the western side of, the, of Ukraine. It's closer to Poland. It's safe there. And they've started back up, and they have 50 students who have enrolled in Ukraine right now to continue on, which is phenomenal that they've had that big thing. Plus, they have satellite campuses in several different countries, some of which are um, underground because the countries that they started these campuses in are, it's not legal to be Christian, but the gospel goes everywhere, right? And so they're leading up, what they're training is teachers and pastors uh, for the church. And so uh, hundreds of churches throughout Ukraine and around that region have been planted over the last 25 years uh, because of their good work, and they're continuing to do it. In addition to that, I was just on a uh, conference call with them yesterday. They're also, they're, they have a second division, which is also caring for all of the refugees, the war refugees that are coming through. So they give away tons of food and clothes and things like this for those who have been displaced. And they have been displaced, which is amazing, the work that they're doing in that. So these are the missionaries that our church also supports. Sometimes we get to go on missions trips and we go visit them. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we support them financially. And more than that, we support them with our prayers and with our relationship. We get to know them and we get to love them. So you say, how do you support missions, right? How do you be part of this? right? Uh, that you go boldly into the unknown, right? That you go boldly with the gospel, right? We go boldly together. How do we do that as a church and, and as an individual? Well, I think the first thing that you can do is, is learn about our missionaries and pray for them. That's a great way to begin. Like these, uh, our missionaries all over the globe uh, need to, to have the support of the church. They need to have us to at least know what they're doing. And uh, so how do you do that? Well, there's a board out on the side of this wall. Every time we get an update, we'll Pin the update up there, uh, it's just on the other side of that wall. Um, it's also on our weekly update. Whenever we get a, a correspondence from our missionaries, we'll put that in there so you can learn about that. But even better, if you learn about what these, who these missionaries are, you can, you can email them. They have all have emails. They're, they're high tech. And uh, you can find out what's going on with just those missionaries and be praying for them. But learn about what we're doing and so t we can go together. Another thing you can do is take that to the next level and just take one of those missionaries or organizations and adopt it. And what do I mean by that? Make that your mission to them, right? L like you focus on that missionary. Write them cards of encouragement, right? Uh, know who their kids are, <laughs> right? Begin to send them a card at Christmas time. Make sure that you're praying specifically for them. Build a relationship with a particular missionary that, that our church supports. That is really, really powerful. And uh, so that's the next level. Now, something you can do to learn about our missions and to help form and direct our missionary strategy and to connect with them is just join our missions team. We meet once a month. In fact, we're meeting today, so, so great timing. Wow, the coincidence is just phenomenal. Uh, be after our second service. And you come, we meet together, we pray for our missionaries, we'll update what everybody's doing, we, we talk about them, and once a year as we get our budget together, we are able to, to ask God and, and, and ask for wisdom, but then we can uh, divvy up the funds that we have to make sure that's going to the right places. When missionaries have difficulties, we're re reaching out to them, we're having regular communications with them. It's a great team to be part of. Um, if you want to learn more about missions, this is a pla great place to be. So uh, one of the things is join the missions team. Just come back today at, at uh, 12.15 and we'll be meeting.
Um, another thing you could do is become a financial partner. Uh, that one of the ways that our church supports our missionaries is we provide funds so that they can do the work that God's called them to do. From Crossroads Ministry that helps in Estes Park to the camps that are around us all the way out to Ukraine, right? And uh, so uh, God has uh, really blessed us as a church and has blessed our ability to, to be connected to these missionaries. And um, what we do is, is we have a separate missions budget that's different than our our regular church budget. And the reason we've done that is we want to make sure that we always stay focused on missions. What happens sometimes in churches is that uh, we get so focused on just one thing that we forget that God's called us to go boldly into the unknown, to have that global heart. So we have two different budgets. The missions budget, we save an entire year's worth of everything that comes in for a year, we save it up, and then whatever we have, that becomes our missions budget for that next year, right? It's, it's a, so that way we can promise our missionaries what we have. We know what we can give them. And uh, it really does help us connect with them. To help us with that, we ask you, you know, if you haven't before, be a financial partner with our, with our missions. And, uh, you know, if every family uh, gave $15 a month, our missions would be fully funded. So if you've a great way of beginning for that, it's called our Kingdom Commitment Fund, but uh, you f- it's on our en- those giving envelopes. It's on the, our website if you give to missions. 100% of what goes into missions, you, you give to missions, goes to missions. It doesn't stay at the church. It just goes out. Uh, to our missions uh, fund. So I encourage you, that's a great way of being also to support. So these are some simple ways of being able to support our missions. The point of this is that we're supposed to go boldly into the world, that we will be his witnesses, we will receive his power, that we have this call from God, and we just want to be faithful to it, right? So go boldly. The world is broken. It's hostile to God, right? And, And we know that that's the way that it's supposed to be. That's why the world needs Jesus. So we go boldly. And we start first locally, right? We need to be praying for our community. We need to be caring for our community, be praying for our neighborhoods, even our own homes, right? But then we also have to go as a blessing. The, the church is not to go out there and just you know, throw sand in everybody's eye, right? We're supposed to be you know, salt of the earth. We're supposed to be uh, the light of the world. We're supposed to be bringing the gospel, the good news of Christ through our testimony and our life. Let our good works validate the good message that we have, right? And as we go, let's, let's go boldly then into this unknown, the, to the people that are different than us, to the cultures that are different than us, to the places that are different that we're not comfortable with. Let's go boldly and bring the gospel because the kingdom of God is advancing. And we get to be part of, that's part of being disciples of Jesus that build generational, transformational disciples of Jesus. So how you should do that? Well, some ways to do that, uh, next steps this uh, week that you can practice. The first one is, why don't you come to our Mexico missions trip meeting? It's on October 9th. Um, that was too long to fit on your connection card, but October 9th, if you want to come to that, you don't have to sign up for the mission trip. You're not saying you're going for sure. You're saying, I want more information. I want to find out about this. I'm curious. Make a commitment. Say, I'm going to show up on the 9th between services and learn about this. The next step that you can do is adopt a missionary. You, you heard me talk about it. Well, then do it, <laughs> right? The, don't just have the the, the this desire to be faithful, to actually just be faithful and say, you know what, I'm going to learn about one of our missionaries. I'm going to adopt them. I'm going to start write, I'm going to write them regularly. I'm going to call them. I'm going to email them. I'm going to learn about them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to adopt a missionary, uh, which is a great next step. And if you don't know which one to adopt, come talk with me, or actually, even better yet, come to our, our missions team meeting, uh, which will be today, and you'll get to learn about all of our missionaries in a deeper way. We'll help you connect with them. And maybe that's your next step, is to actually join the missions team. 
uh, to be there and to join us as a small group as we learn about our missionaries and support them. It's a once a month commitment, takes about an hour, um, but it is really, really powerful time. Uh, and something else maybe you commit to is become a financial partner. If you haven't in the past given regularly to our missions, say, you know what, I'm going to support this. And again, if every one of our families gave $15 a month, our missions would be fully funded every single year. We would never have to worry about dropping back on missions. We would look at ways of expanding ahead, which is pretty cool. Uh, last thing, being a missionary in Estes Park, maybe you're going to go to the unknown. That's going to be somebody else in our community. Inviting a friend to our homecoming series, which starts next week. Uh, we have a chili cook-off afterwards to so bring chili, but it's a great way of inviting a friend. In fact, we have a tool for you. It's in your bulletin. It's this little card right here because it's like a little ticket. You can, you don't have to have a ticket to come to church, by the way. We're not going to check these, but but it's a great way of saying, hey, I, you know, our church is having us back to church Sunday. We'd love to have you join us. There'll be a chili cook-off afterwards. It's going to be a fi really fun service, um, and it's got the information. It's got our website on here. It's got the times and location and everything, so it's just a nice little card. Uh, we tried to make it a funny shape so that way it wouldn't just get lost. Uh, so pray about it and say, you know, who, who are you going to invite next week? Last thing is if you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Jesus as your own Lord and Savior, or maybe you've wandered from him and need to come back and just recommit your life to him, man, this is, this is the most important thing. How silly would it be for us to go and be missionaries out in the world if you yourself feel distant from God? You know, he came from heaven to earth to meet us, to, to, to pay for our sins, to, to, to make us right between him and him, us and himself. Uh, don't leave this morning if, if you haven't done business with God. If you need to come back to him or you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior the, for the very first time, make that decision. Know this, you are saved by God's grace. He loves you. You don't have to do anything. It's just through faith. And that's trusting him. And so our faith is expressed, it says, by believing. That's just trusting. You're not going to have all the answers for you to say, I'll trust him. You're going to confess that faith, which means you're going to say, I, I'm standing with Jesus, I'm with him now, and God loves me, right? You're going to repent, which means that you're going to say, you know what, I've been living a way that I know that God is probably not the way he wants. So I'm, going to, I'm going to, as I grow in life more and more, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life in, in obedience to what he has, because his ways are better. And repentance, you express your faith that way. You're going to express your faith in baptism, that's going to be buried in water, they're going to die to your old self and be raised again in a new life with a new church family. is going to be awesome, and it's a great thing. You express your faith and your discipleship as you grow as a healthy Christian from this point on. Like, your faith doesn't have just this one little pop-up expression. It's something that lives and grows within you, and it's a beautiful thing. But start that today. So if, if that's you, what I want you to do is I want you to come talk with me after the message, um, and uh, don't leave here today until you do business with God. All right, I've given you all something to do. Put it on your connection card, would you mind, for me? So that way I can pray for you this week as you take those steps. I want to encourage you. I want the Holy Spirit to work through you. You receive his power to do those things. Put your prayers on there. We pray for you every week. If I know how to pray for you, God does amazing things. And then in a moment, take those connection cards, drop them in the offering basket as they're passed along with your tithes and your offerings. All right, That's an expression of faith that you have, of obedience to Christ. All right, let me pray for you as you make those commitments. Father God, I thank you that you have loved us enough 
that you saved us, but then you've also given us the dignity to go on your behalf as your ambassadors to this world, to not bring a message of destruction or despair or of, of, of hopelessness, but the good news that you exist and that you're a loving God and you're a forgiving God and you have paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be made right with you, that we can be saved by God's grace through, through our faith in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that you've not just saved us, but you've given us a better way to live, that we learn how to obey you in all areas of our life, that we bring our life back into conformity with the way that you designed us to work to begin with and we get to enjoy the benefits of that. And we thank you that you have called us to go boldly into this world. Lord, that is an amazing thing that we've received your power and that we're your witnesses. So Father, empower us to do that. Encourage us as a church. Give us the capacity and the ability and the desire and the opportunity and the faithfulness and the courage to go boldly into our community to bless our, our, our nation, Father, and to support your work globally. The commitments we've made today, Father, help us to, to fulfill them in a way that draws our hearts closer to yours, Father. And, and I pray in this, not just our commitments, but also our tithes and offerings, use it to build your kingdom for your glory, for you are worthy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We'll give you guys just another minute to fill out those connection cards. Ushers can come forward, and as they do, would y'all stand with us for one last song of worship?
keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You are dismissed.